everybody. We're stoked to have you back for another Pink Bike Podcast. I'm Mike Levy, and today we're talking about the Pink Bike buy and sell, including how best to use it, how definitely not to use it, updates we've made recently, and updates we're hoping to make in the future, and some of our favorite buy and sell stories. Now, to do that, I've got Brian Park here and also Jake Moritz, who works with us but hasn't been on the show before, although he did write an absolutely hilarious buy and sell update article that went over pretty well with everybody. Now, I'm hoping Jake has a story about using the PB buy and sell and being offered a Game Boy or a PlayStation for his expensive bicycle. But before we get to that, Jake, what is it that you do at PB or outside or where do you work? What do you do? Howdy, Levy. Uh, hi, folks. I'm Jake longtime pink bike reader and fan live in san francisco uh i'm a product manager at pink bike and outside i'm a high school mountain bike coach i work on old cars and motorcycles and my day job and title is product manager which just means i find user problems i work with designers and engineers to come up with solutions to them and i make big old ordered lists to figure out what to do and when and make sure that folks are having a great experience on pink bike so many ordered lists. I bet you have so many lists to go through, Jake. <laughs> I have lists of lists and apps that govern them. Right. I, I also I also want to mention that uh, your buy and sell update, Andrew Major from NSMB commented that he would read a monthly column called Jake Explains Pink Bike. So, um, Andrew Major, I just want to say this is essentially that. Uh, thank you, Andrew, and I look forward to it. Yes. <laughs> so, Jake, more recently... Your focus has been the pink bike buy and sell, hasn't it? It has. Um, when I joined Pink Bike Slash Outside, it was specifically because I saw opportunities to make pink bike buy and sell better. It hasn't had much evolution, change, update in the last five years, at least, if not longer. Uh, it's still pretty janky on a mobile device, but it's also super powerful. Oh, don't don't say mobile device. Everybody's angry. Everybody wants it already. Yeah, we're I getting there. It's on the I list. Like, it's on a list. Yeah, I, I like that you said five years. It hasn't been touched in five. Like, yeah, one, yeah. There literally sure. hasn't been uh, code push to pink bike buy sell since early 2018. Wow. So I before we before we press record on this, I was talking to Radic Burkett, the founder of Pink Bike, and I asked him. I said, "Hey, Radic, when did the buy and sell debut?" He said that he debuted the PB buy and sell in 2001, and he said it took him a weekend to write the code and press go. And it hasn't been touched since. <laughs> <laughs> Just been doing its thing. Simpler, simpler times, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. So before we get into the buy and sell, I want to ask you guys both a non-bike question. What's the last thing you guys bought or sold off a of buy and sell that wasn't bike related and and what platform did you use and how was the experience oh man um so i have a toddler and there's so much stuff involved with having a toddler and it's obscene so we've yeah we try and buy all of our baby stuff on on facebook marketplace mostly that's where all the like mommy and daddy groups and stuff are Ugh, i can't even say those words it's mm. so gross but yeah, no, seriously, there, it's it's you're gonna use this stuff for like six months at most, so uh, it's great, and everything's cheap like borscht. It's great. So I don't have kids yet, 
which means that I'm still squarely in the phase of life where I'm trying to accumulate as much rusty crap to fill up my garage as possible. And I'm currently in the process of negotiating for a 1970s metal lathe from a guy who's 200 miles away. And the text message and then subsequent phone discussions are usually about like, yeah, your price is reasonable. Do you have a forklift and can you load it into a van? That is so much cooler than my example. Yeah, strollers. <laughs> Not the answer, no, man. No. What about I you, need a Lee? forklift. I need what a children's you? forklift. <laughs> My last buy and sell experience. Um, so I am a full-grown adult, but I have no children. But I did want a compound bow. So I found one off Craigslist. Uh, and I thought, now I don't want to ever shoot an animal, but I thought having a compound bow and a bunch of arrows would be a good thing to have. So my idea was I'd buy this thing. I go into the bush, do some target practice. I feel like it's important to know how to use something like that, even if I'm never going to go hunting or anything. So I found this thing. I met the guy. Uh, I bought it. It went fine. Uh, I didn't get mugged. He didn't beat me up. Uh, it was fine. And I had it for six months. I never used it once. And then I sold it on Craigslist for $50 more than I paid for it. So it was great. <laughs> Where did you buy it originally? Uh, Craigslist. I, I, I bought it and sold it on Craigslist. Yeah. That's pretty much all I've ever used for the, for the PB or sorry, for the buy and sell. But the other website that I spent a ton of time on, and Jake, I'm sure you're familiar with this, is Bring a Trailer. If we're going to talk buy and sells, I think we both spend way too much time on there. Usually between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m. on weekdays, to be honest with you, Brian. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I know. <laughs> Maybe let's explain what Bring a Trailer is. Yeah, um, it's like a it's a classic, not just classic. There are new cars on there, but it's basically thought of as like a, a place where people who know things about the stuff they want to sell, high end stuff. They want to talk to knowledgeable people, and they want to sell their cars to people who know the things. It's a very specialized marketplace. Is how I would describe it. How would you say it, Jake? Uh, it's it's an auction site for primarily cars and occasionally motorcycles and associated accessories. And what's amazing about it is that they will feature new, old, vintage, uh, hypercar, a little bit of everything. And they enable people to comment on those listings uh, over the course of a week. And so you get this emergence of the community and enthusiasts and people who know a ton about the vehicles listed uh, and want to share some experience and folks who are just there to learn. Yeah. I currently have a bring a trailer window open. It's minimized right now. There's a 1985 Mercedes-Benz 300 TD wagon. Uh, it's listed at 12 grand. There's three days left. It's going for more than 50 <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but Jake, what do you think makes a good buy and sell place? Like to me, in my mind, bring a trailer and websites like that, like specialized focused websites, auction places. I feel like those are ideal for a great buy and sell experiences. What are the factors that go into a, a good buy and sell place like that? So it, it depends what you're prioritizing. There are three factors that govern just about every marketplace, both online and in the real world. And those are convenience, value, and trust. And it's a three-part Venn diagram. And it depends what your priorities are as a buyer or as a seller. As a seller, if you just want to sell something super quickly, you're valuing convenience. You might take a hit in terms of the amount of money you get. 
But there are plenty of places uh, like eBay where you can just throw something up and pay a fee and sell it pretty quickly, get the cash in a matter of days. If, on the other hand, as a buyer or seller, you're trying to minimize uh, what you pay or the fees associated as much as possible, and you're willing to put in a bit of work for logistics, for shipping, for managing a payment, for communicating, a place like Craigslist is fantastic. But at the end of the day, I think niche community forums like Pinkbike, where you have informed buyers and sellers and a focus on high quality stuff, makes for the best possible experience out there. It sort of strikes me that the more specialized your product, the more specialized the the site should be if you want to have the best balance of those three things. Like when I get general toddler shit, Facebook, like having have, reaching a general audience is probably, you're not going to go to like, I'm sure there's a toddler website. Of Definitely, like exactly, many of them. Yeah, but... I feel like just it's a general thing, so Facebook Marketplace makes sense. But, um, yeah, Do you I know, feel like I want a more specialized site if I'm going to buy a, like a weird old car or high end headphones or a mountain bike. Or, yeah. yeah, I think the Facebook Marketplace works so well for the baby stuff, Brian, because so many people have babies, and all of those people have Facebook. It's like you know, yeah. the, in that bracket of life, when you're having mm-hmm. babies, a lot of people have Facebook and it just, it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of people on there. So your audience mm-hmm. is huge. It also kind of strikes me that the most, like the most convenient way to, to get rid of a, an unwanted used bike is to trade it in at a retailer. Um, obviously for a huge hit financially, cause they, they're a business, they have to make money. And then the second would be like a pro's closet type of thing am i missing like what's the next step after that the next step after that is often just doing it yourself it's a place like pink bike mm-hmm. where if you're trying to extract the most amount of money as a seller and you're willing to go through the hassle of communicating of packing something up of shipping it uh it's doing it yourself but if you value convenience a local shop or a pros closet where you just send it away and get cash the next day is a great way to go Today's episode of the Pink Bike Podcast is brought to you by Trail Forks, and I am not even joking about that. It's 11 p.m. right now, and I would still be out in the forest if Casimir hadn't made me download this app. What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm also supposed to say that Trail Forks isn't responsible for getting your lost ass out of the woods. Call the appropriate people for that. But it sure is handy for when you think you're supposed to turn left, but you most definitely need to turn right. And there's over 530,000 trails on it from everywhere. Just imagine how big your paper map would have to be to have all those trails on it. Big, probably. Now, the best part? The free version of Trail Forks gives you a local map of your area, so you don't even have to pay anything. What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also supposed to say that you could buy the pro version to unlock all the features for $2.49 a month when you combine that with an O-plus membership. All right, back to the podcast. Levy, have you ever gotten like, what's the what is the dumbest thing you've been offered on the pink bike buy and sell in exchange for bike things? Um, I actually did many, many, many years ago, long before I worked at Pink Bike. I was selling one of my downhill bikes. It might have been a two two two, an orange two two two, and I definitely got the cliche video game offer. I don't remember what what video game it was or whatever, but like. 
we all, I always make fun of that, like the Game Boy or the PlayStation or whatever, but like literally that exact thing happened. Yeah. They're just for the people listening, if you're not super in deep in the pink bike meta, there's definitely a, uh, a trope of getting offered like uh, an N64 and the, and some paintball guns for your, for your bike you're trying to sell. Yeah. I think for me using a buy and sell just in general, one of the big things for me is trust, especially if I'm going to be shipping something. So Jake, how do we, how do we get that? Like, how do you have trust in a buy and sell or trust in the, in the buyer or, or the seller that you're not getting screwed over? It's, it's tough, but there's some sort of common sense rules that you can follow both as a buyer and as a seller. I think the biggest thing that I'd want to promote and encourage on both sides of any transaction is just consistent, quick communication and fast responses. It just makes everything much easier, much quicker, and it gets you a feel for who are you actually transacting with? Does this person know what they're selling? Does this person know what they're trying to buy? How much research have they done? Are they asking the right questions? And that way you can kind of weed out or filter out the flakes and the scam artists. Yeah, I mean, I think having a track record, having a public history or account or something, and then having something to lose, all those things really add to me being ready to buy something. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with that. There, somebody actually had a really good comment, Jake, on your buy and sell update article. Uh, PB user YYC650B, he said, how about adding a seller rating system? That way the buyer can mm-hmm. see if the seller has a good history, blah, 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 all that thing. Is that a feasible thing to be doing on pink bike buy and sell, Jake? It's all it's all feasible. It's just time and effort and trade off. Uh, I think a public record, a rating system would be fantastic. But in order to make it really work, you we'd also have to be handling the transactions. We'd have to be processing payments because otherwise we don't Ooh. have a real way to know who purchased what and for how much and when. Yeah, because right now we're just we're hands off. We're like you place your ad here. But if something does go wrong, because people are trying to screw people, that's the world. I mean, that is what is what is the recourse these people have? Like, is it is this on us? Is it on them? How does this work? So right now, Pinkbike is really just a listing service like Craigslist. We don't handle transactions. We don't handle logistics. We offer a way for people to feature things that they want to sell other people to find those items and then to converse. Everything else happens off of the platform. Okay. And sorry, Levy, what was your question? Uh, basically like what, what do people do if they do get screwed over? I mean, pe- people are always trying to game the system. There's always somebody trying to screw somebody over no matter what. So like, let's say I'm, I'm trying to sell my 2019 uh, Whistler edition GT downhill bike my old rental bike on the buy and sell and some guy convinces me to send it to him and he's going to send me a cash envelope when he gets the bike. Like I'm screwed, right? You are, you are Levy. So my number one piece of advice after you've gone through the common sense uh, of identifying what you're shopping for, getting great photos, uh, going back and forth with the seller or the buyer is use a protected payment platform like PayPal or Venmo. Do not use friends and family. If the listeners take one thing away uh, from this podcast, it's do not use friends and family 
if you use uh, a PayPal service or a Venmo service with buyer protection, if something goes wrong, if the bike or accessory doesn't show up or doesn't show up as you expected, you have recourse. You can go to PayPal or Venmo and say, this didn't show up. I have evidence. I want my money back and you will get your money back. Yeah. That it, I mean, it seems, it seems obvious to me, but I don't think it is to everybody. Like for example, pink bike used to have a local downhill team that raced like BC cups and stuff. We had a, a young guy that raced for us and I think like his season was done and he sold his bike and he ended up, this was a few years ago. He ended up talking to the guy and this guy convinced him to just put his bike in a box and ship it to him. And then this guy would literally send him the money after. And of course, you know, Jimmy never, never heard from this guy again. His downhill bike was just gone. And that was that. If there was, it strikes me like if I go to some of these places where they have comments, like not to keep bringing up, bring a trailer, but there's like discussions underneath these ads. What if we were to be, be able to have a comment section underneath buy and sell ads so people could, people could discuss things or is that get out of hand? I love that we're going to turn this entire podcast into a uh, buy and sell brainstorm session yeah. for Jake, and he's going to have to have so many, so many ordered lists after this. Everybody, put your ideas, ideas below. Jake will do them. He's going to yeah, do all of them yeah, that, this year. That's what I do. So, definitely consider the prospect of comments on listings, mm -hmm. and would be really curious to see how that would interact. I'll, I'll leave it to our listeners in the comments to spell out what they think of that, either as a buyer or as a seller. I think there are a number of ways that we could promote more trust uh, and more understanding between community members, but they do often hinge on handling the transactions on Pinkbike, on buy-sell as sort of the baseline for understanding who's doing what and when. Is there a way to, without looping people too deeply into a, like a closed system to have buyers just acknowledge like completed transactions somehow? Cause even, without like a rating system on the, on the transactions, just like, Hey, this person has had 23 completed transactions tells me a lot as a buyer. And I, you know, you can see that on Reddit or some, or a lot of like community forums, like, Oh, this person has X number of transactions. I will buy these expensive headphones from them without stressing about it. Uh, do we want to do we want to turn it into a brainstorm? Because, no. Okay, because we will, we will go down the list of like, well, what if you did X or what if you X did Y? Yeah, and it's like, yeah. yeah, we can do all of that. It's yeah. just time and engineers that I don't yeah. have. Seems fair. Mm -hmm. um, I think yeah. I, I yeah. do think that what what you just said about looping people in will be a bit of a red flag for some people. You'll see some comments about that. Yeah. Um, which is fine. It's good to see. From my perspective. From my perspective, I feel like making it more of a community instead of just a feature, I think can go a part, can go some of the ways to building that trust, you know? Um, when you see the same people, like Brian said, selling stuff or the same people like discussing things over and over again, or people with knowledge that are commenting on, you know, old bikes and, and gear. Mm -hmm. When I see that, I'm like, oh, these people know what they're talking about, you know? Totally. Yeah. Um, so I've got the buy and sell main page open right now. And there, there are so many categories, so many things to look at, guys. 
And it's telling me there are 70, over 72,000 unique listings that are currently live. So what I want to talk about next is how to get the most out of the buy and sell so you could finally get your money for your stock 26-inch tires or whatever the heck it is that you're trying to sell. So Jake, what's the first thing that I should be doing or thinking about when I want to list my bike or whatever I'm trying to sell? So let's start off as tips and tricks for sellers. Yeah. Uh, number one, good photos. Don't throw up an ad with the idea that you're going to post photos later because it never happens <laughs> and it's just a pain for everybody involved. Clear, concise descriptions. Jake, I just info. I use the ads from the manufacturer's website because it shows the products in perfect condition. Is that wrong? Yeah, or? <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you copy and pasted every spec from the manufacturer's website, which actually isn't super helpful. No. Most buyers on Pinkbike are informed individuals. They, at a glance uh, on a photo, they can see what parts are on the bike. What they want to know is what's the condition? Was this thing wrecked? Was this thing taken care of and well-maintained? And those are all the questions that you're going to get. The more you can proactively address questions and concerns from buyers in your listings, the less back and forth you'll have, the fewer messages that you'll have that are ultimately a waste of time and the faster you'll sell the bike. Yeah. And just to piggyback on that, we're going to talk about best practices as a buyer in a second, but one of them would be related to that. If you are a buyer and you're buying something like a suspension fork, you want pictures of the upper tubes to make sure there's no, no gouges and stuff like that. Same goes with a shock. You know, you, if you're buying a carbon wheel set, you want some close up pictures of that rim all the way around, make sure there's no damage. And if you're selling, doing those sorts of things right off the bat saves a ton of time. The whole idea is just, you know, make it easy so you can sell your thing. So if you're trying to list something, if you're trying to sell something, take those photos right off the bat and list the actual condition of the product. What else, Jake? Um, respond to people quickly. And that goes for buyers and sellers. Folks are busy. They're distracted. They're watching TikTok or they have babies or they're driving rally cars when they're supposed to be digging their line for rampage. There's a lot going on. Just respond to people quickly, uh, ideally through pink bike messages. Uh, and if not through text messages, right? Question for you. What about keywords? Is the title of the ad important? We have an informed base of buyers and sellers. Don't fill up your title with a bunch of random stuff. It just confuses the search algorithm. It pisses everybody off. Say the year, the brand, the model. And if there are a couple things like high value brands like Envy that you really want to hype to differentiate your ad, do that. But don't have 50 words in your listing. It just messes stuff up. And then I have to go back in and clean up those listings. Do you, are you doing that? Are you going in and cleaning? I do it all the time, every day. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the, the PB mods. So dealing with the scam reports, cleaning up listings, getting rid of the keyword stuffing because somebody put 50 brands in the bottom of their, uh, of their listing. It's a pain. Yeah, and there's over 72,000 ads. Yeah. <laughs> Good, Good Lord. Lord. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> okay. yeah, it's, liter it's literally me and Isaac. Wow. I feel yeah. so this podcast, the reason you wanted to come on here was to tell everybody to just do more keyword stuffing, please. It makes your <laughs> well, day. Actually, I know in coming on here it just means I'm just gonna get a bevy of DMs where people is like, so and so scam me or why'd my listing get mm -hmm. taken down? All yep. I'm gonna do is like mess up the support line. What 
what should people do when they get scammed? Is it like reach out to your local police, basically? So know that if you get scammed, there isn't a whole lot that Pinkbyte can do, specifically because we don't handle the transaction, we don't handle the logistics. If you've used a protected payment method, I can't say this enough, like a PayPal or a Venmo, your recourse is with the payment provider, PayPal, Venmo. If you use something like a Square Cash, or even worse, just regular old school cash, you don't have much in the way of recourse, at which point going to the local authorities is the best thing that you can do. But the odds of a remedy are fairly low, sadly. I, I mean, just regular cash has other advantages, though. If you go and meet the person in person, A, you can check their ID, B, you can check the product, and C, you're not paying the fees from PayPal or Venmo or whatever, right? That's true, but those fees are specifically what protect people. When you're paying 1.9 or 2.5%, then everybody tries to dodge those fees. If you avoid those fees, if you don't pay them and just use the like peer-to-peer friends and family thing, you have no protection. Uh, Sorry, I meant cash, like literal cash in hand when you go and visit the the person locally. I, I don't have time to put bikes in boxes. I always just make my stuff cheap enough that people come here and get the thing. We, we mentioned fees. I want to ask a scary question. Jake, is the PB buy and sell going to be free for the foreseeable future? Is there an argument to be made for a paid version of PB buy and sell? Broadly speaking, I'm not going to promise anything and I'm not going to commit to forever and ever. But what I will say is I want to make sure that the incentives are aligned. There's my uh, work jargon for the podcast. Ooh, yes. When people are making money, Incentives are and they're aligned. earning money, whether it's shops or individuals, and they're earning money and they're earning money faster on Pinkbike than they would elsewhere, Pinkbike should be making money as well. But I'll say Pinkbike should only be making money if people are earning and benefiting from it. And ideally, and I, I can tell you like the first order of business that I would love to do is give people a way to opt into promoting their listings. I get messages on a daily or weekly basis from shops or just interested individuals who are like, hey, I've got a $10,000 bike. I want a way to stand out from the rest. I'll pay 10 bucks to promote my listing for a day or a week and have it in a separate section and reach more people. And so that's a direction I'm very actively exploring. Oh, that I feel like that that can make a lot of sense. Like we'd still have our regular listings, but there might be an option down the road for someone to highlight or bump their own listing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> let's talk about best practices as a buyer. So, aside from uh, me not meeting the person in a dark alley without telling my mom or dad where I've went, uh, what sort of what sort of practices should I should I do if I'm buying something? How do I be safe about this? So I'll tell you, before we even get to being safe when you're transacting, let's just talk about finding the right stuff. Yeah. So Pinkbike Buy Sell and any other marketplace offer basically two methods for finding stuff. One is casual browsing. You've got your endless list. You can see what folks have listed near you most recently. You can filter by highest price, lowest price. That's great. You also have search and filtering functionality. And in addition to the community and just the density of great stuff on Pinkbike Buy Sell, the search and filtering functionality is really what sets it apart. The fact that you can search and filter by things like shock length or coil spring rate uh, or 
dropper post travel, which incidentally are all things that I broke a few weeks ago and then had to put back. So apologies, <laughs> PB community, you super duper nerds. I got plenty of messages and forum posts. It's back, chill, go have a cup of tea. Uh, but the, that search and filtering really sets it apart. And yes, I know we want to bring it to mobile. It's on the list. I just want to say saved searches are your friend. We have the ability for you to create searches and save them so that at the press of a button, you can see the stuff that you're most interested in. And that's a feature that I use on Pinkbike, and I use it on every other marketplace that I'm checking out as well. Number two, as a buyer, the message, is it still available, is a terrible question. Like, if you were trying to date somebody and you just walked up, are you available? That gets you nowhere. <laughs> Never it's works the same for me. you're trying to buy. But yeah, it doesn't work for Levy. It's not going to work for anybody else. So if you're sending a message, just be direct and say, you know, show that you're informed, show that you're serious, make a reasonable offer. Don't offer $6 and a paintball gun if somebody's posted a $10,000 bike. What, what about, I just see this note you have here, Jake. I don't want to sound smart. I'll admit this is your note. It says, make an offer feature. That sounds like it makes a lot of sense and could cut out a lot of back and forth bullshit. Yes. Tell me about it. It's a great idea. Like there's a reason that it's featured on other marketplaces. It's one of those things I'd love to do because I see the messages that people are exchanging where somebody lists a brand new bromad for 10 grand or eight grand. And someone's like, I will give you $300. Would you take it? No. And then there are 20 other people who are like, I'll offer you $400. Would you take it? Except you have to cover shipping. It's like just somebody can set a baseline of what they're willing to accept. Other folks can make their offers and then everybody can move on with their lives. That sounds like it makes sense to me. And we, we might see that in the future. That's something you think about anyway. It sounds like it's on, it's on the list. It's on the list. Yeah. Uh, what about keywords? What should people be looking for? All right. So obviously search for the things that make sense based on what you're looking for. I'm also going to reveal a couple of secrets uh, that I use less so on Pinkbike, but on Craigslist and other, depending on what I'm looking for. Uh, one of my favorite search terms, especially because I'm small, I'm 5'7", uh, so will routinely fit on a small enduro bike or a medium is girlfriend or wife. Because, and yes, I'm playing into gender, gender stereotypes, but oftentimes those items, especially bikes, uh, aren't ridden as hard and they're not as beat up. Ex-girlfriend and ex-wife as search terms are even better because in almost every scenario, somebody is very motivated to sell. Not only was Whoa. the item lightly ridden, but they really just want it out of their garage. That is clever. That is incredible. My favorite, though, and this applies mostly to cars, I'm a fan of weird 60s, 70s, 80s vehicles of all sorts, uh, two wheels, four wheels, whatever. On Craigslist, my, one of my favorite search terms is grandma or grandpa. Or if you want to be a super user, if you replace the M and P with a star, so it's grand star A, you'll get the search results for both. I feel like I'm, I'm and turning that gets into you a, a lot of low mileage. Oh, not happy. It's just you know tech tech stuff. That gets you a lot of like low mileage '90s Camrys, Buicks, Cadillacs, trucks that are 25 years old and have 13,000 miles on them. So, Pink Bike audience, that is my gift to you today. 
I wonder what are some other clever search terms on the pink bike buy and sell that might bring up some interesting things. I wonder what do you guys think? Like, can you can you like exclude terms like Whistler, uh, Braga Vestovic, <laughs> um, <laughs> like pink, pink bike has that functionality, I assume as well. I think so. I mean, I'm honestly gonna have. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to send Trevor a note. I know we have that functionality. I know you can use quote lines. I'm going to have to, I'm honestly going to have to follow up in the comments. I don't know. Actually, one thing that I will say, uh, and this is one of those things that we really need to fix, but on Pinkbike, on the desktop site, if you do a search for, I'm just going to use Ibis as an example in the search bar, it'll pull Ibis across every single category. If you then click under category on select categories, you can specify exactly what categories you want to search in. So say you're looking for a Ripmo and you're not clear if it's a trail bike or an enduro bike or an XC bike, and it might be listed anywhere, you can select that I want to search specifically in those three categories. Scroll down, hit done, and it will just pull the results from those three categories. So it looks like that keyword if you're doing keyword search that like using a reductive method works. Like if I search for fork minus Fox, I get uh fork minus Fox. I get 625 results. And if I search for fork minus or just fork, I get over a thousand and then fork minus rock shocks. I get 740 and then minus Whistler, I get 716. So like, it does seem to be, I'm trying to think of what that's actually pulling from. Like if I do, because it's, it's if not I wanted... pulling from the geo data. It's just okay. I think whatever keywords are used in the title or in the description. R- right, but like if I if I search for nomad, I get 26 nomads within. I'm showing it's showing me results within 22 kilometers because that's mm-hmm. what I've chosen. And then I go minus rock shocks because I want a fox. One that takes me from 26 to 18. So I think that that's like super useful. And then if I want to like, you know, it's, it's here and I want to, uh, I know I want a, or I don't want, I'm trying to think green. I don't want green. So minus green that take that removes the green one in the description. Yeah. So it checks headlines and descriptions. I mean, one thing that I'll highlight is that all the tips and tricks that we're offering in the search functionality on buy sell really only work on the desktop site, the mobile site, which is sadly an entirely separate site for now, they don't necessarily apply. And I apologize for that and know that it's at the top of the list to fix. I heard it was your fault that it's uh, that it's the way it is right now. Yeah, it's true. It's a 20 year old thing, yeah. but I showed up. So it's absolutely my fault. hundred percent. But yeah. no, I do think that there's there's value in, like you were talking about that sort of additive approach of searching for grandma or ex-girlfriend or that type of thing in the product that you're looking for. But on, on Pinkbike, it's also pretty useful to, to use like a reductive approach. If you're in your area and you want a nomad, let's say, so you search, you put nomad into the key, keywords and then you, I don't know, I get 22 results right now. Um, but let's say I, I don't want a RockShox nomad, nomad. I prefer Fox suspension or whatever. So minus RockShox takes it down to 18. 
And then I hate the color green, so now it's like Nomad minus Rockshox minus green takes me down to 17. Now I've only got 17 to look for um, or to look through. That can be, especially when you're looking at sort of overwhelming things, like you need a new set of cranks or something, you can, yeah, reducing down to a manageable amount is yeah. useful. It sounds like with, with so many listings, you really want to narrow it down, narrow your window down and look for exactly what you're looking for. So those search terms are, are super important. Sorry, Jake, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> no, I was just doing a search for ex-wife uh, in the search bar on buy sell <laughs> to see how many bikes popped up. How many came up? 10. Oh, shit. And they're great bikes. They're great bikes. <laughs> that is a good hack. That is a clever, clever hack. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Jake, I have a dumb question. Do people try and sell... What, what What is the weirdest thing you've seen somebody try and sell on buy sell? One of the coolest things that I saw somebody sell uh, was an airbag for that all of your cool. free ride training practice. And then... I need to dig up a link. Somebody had listed an Aston Martin, like an old kind of ratty DB6 uh, Aston Martin. On the PB buy and sell. On PB buy and sell. I wonder if he sold it. I know that I saw somebody has been trying to sell these wooden tubs, like wooden tubular wheels, 26 inch wooden tubular wheels on the buy and sell for like, 526 days or something and he just keeps posting it over and over and over again it's like oh buddy 26 so inches coming back and so is wood it's coming <laughs> yeah. it's sustainable jake how how would i spot a scammer how do i how do i spot somebody who is trying to take my money from me what are the things i should look for great question so the red flags for scammers on pink bike and anywhere else uh one, brand new users, somebody who's listed an item, especially a super high-end item on the same day that they've joined, red flag. Two, uh, folks with poor grammar or who just aren't familiar with the product, uh, who are posting kind of generic responses, who are using phrases like, you can drive the bike instead of you can ride the bike, red flag. And finally, and this is one of the biggest tells, asking you to send money to a different email address or phone number than what is uh, otherwise listed. Those are all major red flags. And finally, folks who insist uh, that you use the friends and family feature of PayPal or a similar method with no protections. Yeah, don't, don't do any of those, I would imagine. That's for sure. Have you ever, before you worked for us, have you ever lost money or been screwed over on any buy and sell platform, Jake? Not specifically. I've definitely, I haven't been scammed in as much as gone to go and buy something that was definitely not what I'd anticipated because it seemed like a screaming deal and there weren't any photos. And at one point I wound up uh, in a basically off the side of the railroad tracks when I was in high school looking to buy a moped from a guy and the moped was there, but it was in milk crates and he emerged <laughs> from this trailer kind of kicking the door open of his own house, uh, by which point I was already back in the car and peeling off so that he didn't wind up using my skin as a jacket. <laughs> That's my closest call. <laughs> what about you, what about you, Brian? Oh, my, my wife put something out. I think it was like an old desk or something for free. 
on Facebook Marketplace, and holy shit, the amount of people, like, there were people that were, like, blowing her up, and, like, this one guy was driving her from the, the, like, from the valley, and he needed it, and it was super important. I'm trying to remember what it was. It wasn't a desk. It was something, and it turned into this giant saga of, like, her having to manage all these people and their expectations, and I was like, oh my god, like... A, just put it outside, like, not in front of our house. Like, put it in front of, like, in the alley next to somebody else's house. Yeah. And just tell them where it is and they can all race. Or, I there's a lot of things that I want to just give away for free and it's not worth the hassle. Um, But, like, always list it for five bucks so that it the people who are looking for free things don't. They're so weird. It was, yeah, it was obscene how many messages and how much back and forth there was on, on this shit. Like, just don't do it free. The people who are, they probably have like an RSS feed set up for only free items or something. And just the expectations are crazy. So question, question for the two of you. One of the things that pink bike offers is there are a lot of shops that use pink bike and have used pink bike for years to advertise bikes that they have for sale. And these shops are, members of the community they they're super active they're listing things they're commenting i'm curious if it would be beneficial for folks uh one for shops shops do you want a badge do you want something that is advertising the fact that you are a business and that you are a participating member of pink bike and buyers slash non-shops would you be interested in the ability to identify those shops specifically or exclude them from your searches when you're looking for a bike or other item just curious. Let us know in the comments. Hmm. Yeah. I imagine seeing that badge too, like that would give me confidence, like, Hey, they're verified. You know, it's probably safe and all good. I like that idea. Should they be pink badges, Levy? I would hope so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's not enough pink on the pink bike site. You know, saying. this is, this is the exact opposite of my buy and sell experience for the past few years. So my girlfriend, Sarah, she's been selling a bunch of her old cycling gear through Corona pandemic and all this stuff. And we didn't want to see anybody. So we would put it on our doorstep. Like someone's coming to pick this thing up, whatever it is, like an old pair of glasses or like a whatever, like a pair of tights from 1992 or something. So they'd come pick this stuff up and we would just have a cardboard box by the front door, like a little cardboard box. And we would just say, Hey, just put your, put your $15 in that box, take your crap. And she sold so much stuff like that. And you know what? Every single time that people came, they looked at the product, they put their money in the little box, and then they would leave. And we would see them on our little camera, our door camera or whatever. And we never got screwed over once. I just have, I've had such good luck with this. Levy, I've also seen your, your buy and sell uh, strategy of like taking ratty photos, putting them on Instagram and being like first one monster energy t- takes it. It's it's. I've put it out here at the curb. Like, you know, I I got rid of. It would have been over fifty tires. I had them all in a bike box, and I did exactly that. I've done this twice, and one time somebody brought me. Yes, I think it was one monster, and maybe I think it was a monster and a joint, and they got like a whole bunch of like minions and like a whole bunch of tires, and then the other time somebody from a high school. Uh, league in Squamish reached out to me and I gave them again like 20 or 30 tires or something like that and yeah 
Yeah, it worked. We we get a lot of used tires. Yeah, yeah. Hey, should we talk about the future of the buy and sell before I let you guys go? I I think people want to know, first off, Jake, you are working on a mobile site that is in the plans. I know you don't want me to ask you about it, but everybody else wants to know. So it's sort of in the future is probably going to happen, I imagine, eh? In the near future. Uh, I'm not going to be so bold and foolish as to commit to a specific timeline, but in all seriousness, a better mobile experience for buy-sell that incorporates the benefit and features and filters and search of the desktop site is actively what we're working on right now. What else? (laughs) (laughs) Knife to the ribs, Lee. Knife to the ribs. Uh, Once we get done with UI refresh and the responsive site, uh, actively looking at things like promoted listings uh, and badges. So giving people the ability to promote their listings, to differentiate themselves, and that would apply equally to shops and to individuals that are just looking to offload something quickly. That sounds great. And then my rating system, right? And then Brian's Brian's rating system. Just easy peasy. And you automatically get five stars if you sign up for Outside Plus. (laughs) Somebody somewhere just got so angry. Oh, my God. Yeah, coffee just spilled on so many keyboards. No, I joke. That's not how it would work. Just needed to goad people. uh, You've made some changes recently, and one of them was with the categories. How come that's restarted, Jake? Uh. Relatively speaking, it was an easy switch to make and a long-standing need. Uh, one of the biggest gaps was we didn't have a trail category for bikes uh, or frames. And so we wanted to provide folks with a way uh, to list bikes in a category that was more relevant to what folks are searching for, buying, and riding. Uh, and as much as I wanted to keep it, there were a bunch of categories that weren't getting used much, like iPods. We had an iPod category? <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> There I, mean, like I gotta go in there in more. There. <laughs> there was a Microsoft Zune listed. Oh wow! <laughs> I think I think Levy brought it up entirely to be upset about not not having down down country in there. Explain yourself. Oh, as in why isn't there a down country yeah. Yeah. category? Uh, so let's see. We did a little bit of digging, and it turns out that down country is actually just a scam uh and the result of a delusional paranoid schizophrenic <laughs> accurate too much too much too much no that's about accurate did you guys see the electric down country bike though that means it's real there's two of, there's two of them now levy uh, just just to twist the knife how did you feel there's now four or five bikes in the world that actually have the words down country on the bikes tires too oh god how did you feel the first time you saw one i mean it feels silly to be honest (laughs) like i was just joking like we were just making fun of stuff and it goes to show you i mean it's a kind of a catchy phrase and to be fair like the phrase works like it does make sense it describes a thing but it is funny how Lots of companies jumped onto it, and now it's like, I feel like the more I see it on bikes and in products and in marketing copy, the more it doesn't actually exist to me. Like the more that I'm like, ah, oh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a thing, you know. As we've seen, lots of brands try to make a more than XC XC category in the past, or the 
they always called it like yeah super marathon or something <laughs> um super xc yeah yeah ultra something but and like it just never quite worked so yeah yeah I don't know. As long as everybody knows, I was just joking around. It was just in jest, and it's not my fault, everybody, that companies are using this. You should make fun of them, everybody. So Jake's just doing his part to, like, de-downcountrify things. Right? So yeah. th- there were there were two primary factors that led the, to the decision to use trail over downcountry. Uh, one was I asked Kaz is downcountry a thing? And he's like, no, it's not a thing, Jake. And fetch isn't a thing either. Stop trying to make it a thing. And the second is there's this little company um, based in Palo Alto, California called Google. And so I asked Google, I was like, do people search for downcountry? And the answer is no, nobody searches for downcountry. Okay. What about all mountain? All mountain is a phrase that's real. Oh, now you're going to get me pissed off. So, these are important keywords, though, important categories. So, well, mountain's still there, Levy. Don't worry. It's okay. fine. Okay. But how do you differentiate? Like, when someone is searching for a bike, like, I mean, a 140 bike, that's an all mountain bike, isn't it? Or is it a trail bike? Like, what category should they put these in? So, there isn't a hard and fast rule. And let me just be blunt in saying, I really don't give a shit where you <laughs> list it. Ultimately, as a seller, if you want to sell your bike, put it wherever you think it's going to sell fastest. Yeah. And there's a, vested in, there's a vested interest in being useful and accurate to the people looking for that, for your type of bike. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. I want us to get out of here by finishing off with some buy and sell stories. Jake, you had a good one. You mentioned it before we started this podcast. You had a bike stolen and it, it ended up in a different country. Can you tell us that story? Yeah. So... The very first night that I moved into my now home, said home was broken into, uh, which is actually relatively common, sadly, where I live. And garage door was pried open, bike was stolen, and it was a custom gravel bike uh, made by a good friend and mentor in New Hampshire, uh, Chris at 44 Bikes. Check them out. Great stuff. And hard to hide, unique frame. And the day after it was stolen, this was October of 2020, I sent Chris a note and said, hey, if this pops up on your radar, let me know. And I got a note mid-January 2021 saying that somebody had found the frame in Guadalajara, Mexico, listed for sale. And I called up a local independent bike shop that were fantastic, explained what happened, sent them the receipt, and they got my frame back within about two hours by intimidating the seller and letting them know that if he didn't turn it over, they were just going to trash his reputation amongst the local cycling community. So props to the local shop and props to Facebook Marketplace. And frankly, props to the guy who was selling a stolen bike frame for turning it over so that I could get it back. Yeah. There's a good chance that guy didn't even know it was stolen. Or maybe maybe he did. Maybe it was too good of a deal to, to pass up when he bought it. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, I talked to him after the fact, super nice guy, ran a local fish restaurant, had a toddler, loves riding bikes. So he he was a good man. Yeah. Those are are Jake's criteria for being a good man. (laughs) Have a fish restaurant and a toddler. Ceviche. (laughs) The guy made ceviche. How could you not trust him? (laughs) Brian, long, long before you worked at Pink Bike, you were a young, enthusiastic Grom who was deep in the in the forums. Mm-hmm. 
Did you use the buy and sell as a young Brian Park? Mm. I'm trying to. Th- no, I don't. I worked at I worked at a sh- at shops growing up, so I just always sold my shop my bikes through the shop. Yeah, yeah, same here, same yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, briefly, I want to throw out uh, one anecdote to help illustrate some of the challenges of pink bike buy sell today. So one of the reasons buy sell is successful is because you've got informed buyers and sellers, and this really rich community and density of high quality stuff listed. But for folks who are newer to mountain biking, it's really hard to use. And I run tests all the time with friends of mine that don't ride. Uh, And one friend of mine put it really well. I showed him the website and he turned to me and he goes, what's a single crown fork? And if you don't know what a single crown fork is or you don't have a similar level of technical proficiency, it can be really tricky to use pink bike by cell. Another friend who is an experienced mountain biker but doesn't spend much time on Craigslist or buying stuff used, he found a shock that he wanted to throw on his Ripmo uh, to replace the, the shock that was there. And he found one listed on Pink Bike Buy Sell. And he called me and said, what do I do? I found the thing. How do I go about buying it? And the idea that he had to get in touch with somebody, he had to organize shipping, he had to organize payment and trust was really foreign to him. So in making changes in development, very mindful of the fact that Pink Bike Buy Sell works really, really well for experienced mountain bikers and enthusiasts, but also want to make it more accessible and more convenient for folks uh, who might not be as savvy. Mm -hmm. All right, Jake, before we get out of here, uh, what do you want to tell the people about the buy and sell? Uh, Keep using it. Respond to folks quickly. It'll make for a great experience on both sides. And Pinkbike community, look for some surveys and additional articles for me coming out. Would love your input, feedback, answer the surveys, uh, throw stuff down in the comments to help inform the future of Pinkbike. Thank you. All right. That's it, everybody. I hope you learned something from today's episode about the PB buy and sell and put those stories down below. Good stories, bad stories. We want to hear about your buy and sell experience and we'll see you next episode.